KXNT. The following is a paid program from the advertiser. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the show's participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of KXNT or Intercom Communications. Welcome back to Beyond the Build, everyone. My name is Scott Cabranson. I am your humble host. We welcome you back. Hope you had a great holiday weekend last week. I know I did. We had some time off from the show, so you heard a best of last week. We hope you enjoyed those conversations. But it was a great, great holiday weekend for me, spent with family and friends. So we appreciate you being back here. And there's so much going on in the news around the Las Vegas Valley. We want to get you up to date with that. And, of course, the heat finally arrived, folks. Yes, we've been, of course, near the century mark for a while now, but Getting up to, like we did, 106, 108, coming into the weekend, that is the July I'm familiar with. But we hope you're staying cool and staying hydrated. Make sure you do that, especially if you have anybody in your life who is uh, aging or perhaps living alone. Make sure you check on them. Make sure their power is working. They get the air conditioning they need. And also, again, stay hydrated. And uh, it's always important to make sure we look out for everybody in our community. So make sure you do that as well. All right. Well, if we look at this past week, lots of news coming down all over the valley. And we want to go over some of that as we do at the top of each show. And our guest today, we're also going to be talking with many of those projects. We're going to go through a laundry list with her, and that is Bailey Schultz from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, who wrote a story this past Sunday about the projects and how they will change the look of Las Vegas next year in 2020. Of course, so many projects, and we're going to talk to her about that. A great, great reporter over at the Review-Journal, and she'll fill us in on that. But let's go through some of what we saw this week with headlines, and that, of course, starts with The roads, yes, roads, a popular subject here in Las Vegas and around the valley in a growing area, any growing metropolitan area. Infrastructure is always a big issue. And of course, last year we saw 15 miles of new roadway as part of the Interstate 11 project. That's right. That opened to vehicle traffic. And where Interstate 11 goes, we don't know. Of course, we know that the plan, long-term plan, is for Interstate 11 to go all the way from Nogales, Arizona at the Mexican border all the way to the Canadian border in the north through our state and through the west, the, the rest of the Pacific Northwest. But where do we get there? How do we get there, I should say? Arizona officials are studying three possible routes for the 280-mile highway that would run from Nogales, Arizona, near, again, the Mexican border, up to Wickenburg, Arizona, about 65 miles northwest of Phoenix. From there, it would link up with U.S. Highway 93, which is designated as the future I-11 route to Las Vegas. Of course, this this route is so very important. I can speak from experience. My daughter went to Arizona State, recently graduated. I've driven that road so many times. And coming from a big area like Las Vegas and going into another large metropolitan area like the Phoenix area, the fact that the road in between here and there is a two-lane highway at this point in time really doesn't help a lot of things. It, it's 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 tough for travelers when traffic gets bad. It's also, uh, there's not a lot of services on the roads there. And of course, for business, for commerce, uh, if, if trucks are coming up, a lot of trucks have to either go up through uh, Flagstaff or around via I-40, so not significant. So from an economic standpoint and from a convenience standpoint, linking Phoenix with Las Vegas is a huge deal. Now, I-11 is the first new interstate in the U.S. since 1992, and it's touted as a vital link between Las Vegas and Phoenix. The two largest U.S. cities 
Get this, the two largest U.S. cities not connected by an interstate. Yes, it's true, folks. But again, I want to just a quick aside here, though, during this story is that it says that the first it's the first new interstate since 1992. Did you know that when when we started the interstate system in the United States, going back to Eisenhower, that that project that he started uh, in the 50s, um, in the 40s, late 40s, actually, 1948 to be exact, did not complete until 1992. That's how long it took for that to get done. So roads do not get built quickly. The The plans for the Arizona portion of I-11 are still tentative, and the possible price tag has yet to be determined. Read between the lines there, folks. Who knows when it's going to happen? The Arizona Department of Transportation estimate the cost between $3.1 billion and $7.6 billion. If any existing highways are incorporated into I-11, those roads would need to be rebuilt to meet interstate standards. So that that stretch between Wickenburg and, for example, I-40 and down to Phoenix, uh, that would have to go through areas that have homes and businesses that are currently located there. So concerned residents obviously want to know what's going to happen. Once the I-11 route is decided, the interstate will still be a long way from becoming reality. There's no timetable for when construction can begin. So I was excited to see that they were going to start I-11 and, of course, the section here that goes over by Lake Mead and through Boulder City was very, very great for our area as well. But the connection between Phoenix and Las Vegas could still be a long way off. So we'll see what happens there. They still have to also decide the Nevada portion. What is Nevada going to do? Is it going to route it around Frenchman's Mountain uh, outside of Lake Mead? Is it going to run it through Las Vegas? They just don't know yet. So did you feel the earthquakes last week, ladies and gentlemen? I know I did. Uh, Spent much of my youth in Southern California, so it's not anything unusual to me. But some key notes here. The earthquake did not damage several big projects here in Las Vegas, including the Las Vegas Stadium. And that's according to officials. No injuries or damage were reported to or by the under construction Las Vegas Stadium from uh, last Friday's 7.1 magnitude earthquake in Southern California. Don Webb, of course, the chief operating officer of the Raiders Stadco company building the stadium, said that they've thoroughly inspected the, the facility and in an abundance of caution, Crews came down from the high structures and continued to work on assembling the roof trusses on the ground after the earthquake struck. The project management team is reinforcing the need to be vigilant and says there's no clear notice when an event like this is uh, going to occur. So the stadium will ultimately be built with a variety of structural structural infrastructure designed to withstand seismic events as well. Another big project that people were concerned about when we had the shakers uh, last couple weeks is Resorts World. Of course, Resorts World... Uh, was unscathed by these earthquakes as well. The 3,400-room hotel casino project, which is being developed by the Malaysia's Genting Group, did not suffer any damage, according to Michael Levoff, who is a spokesman for the hotel project. He also wrote that the project conforms to the latest code requirements, which include building techniques that mitigate impacts of earthquakes. Of course, the Chinese-themed mega resort on the Strip is slated to open, guess when, in 2020. Boy, Next year, folks, 2020 is going to be a massive and hugely important year in the history of Las Vegas with all these projects coming online. Uh, and of course, the 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 project were uh, was not in any way slowed down by the earthquakes as well. What about solar energy? We heard a lot about, of course, alternative energy, and the Bureau of Land Management has announced details 
on a pair of public meetings this week in which input will be accepted on the proposed Gemini solar project, which would rank as the largest solar facility in the country if approved. Makes sense, right? The amount of sunshine we get here all year round. So this Gemini solar project, the meetings will be held from 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, July 23rd at the Suncoast Casino up uh, in Summerlin at Alta Drive between 5.30 and 8.30 on the next day at Moapa County Community Center out on State Route 168 in Moapa. Public comment on the project, which would be built east of Interstate 15 along the road to Valley of State, excuse me, Valley of Fire State Park, will be accepted during the last hour of both sessions after the presentation. Of course, the Gemini Project if you haven't seen how big this is, it's it's massive. It would use 7,100 acres of photovoltaic panels to generate up to 690 megawatts of electricity. Plans include some on-site battery storage that would allow the facility 30 miles northeast of the city to continue delivering power after the sun goes down. Gemini is a joint venture between Australia's Quinbrook Infrastructure Partners and the California-based Arvia Power which plan to develop 440 megawatts of solar capacity for use in Nevada in the first phase of the development there. So we're starting to see more and more investment in alternative energy, which I think makes everybody happy. So we'll have to see how that goes as well. But uh, those meetings are important. So if you're interested in going to those again, that'll be July 23rd, 5 to 8 p.m. at the Suncoast and late from 5 to 8 and also another session from 5:30 to 8:30 p.m. the next day on July 24th at the Moapa Community Center off of State Route 168 in Moapa. So definitely if you're interested get out there make your voice heard it's always a good thing to do that but we need more power and uh why not power or harness the power of the sun. And again we want to talk to you uh more about today's show Coming up after the break, Bailey Schultz from the Las Vegas Review Journal will join us, and she'll talk to us about her story, her big Sunday story last week, and how the projects being built around Las Vegas are going to change the way the city looks. That includes everything from the Las Vegas Stadium to Resorts World, which we both just discussed, but also the Caesars Forum Convention Center, the Las Vegas Convention Center expansion, the Hard Rock Hotel Reservation, of course, the big news of the return of the name of the Sahara, uh, which is now the SLS, and its remodel and increased investment there, as well as other things like the South Point being renovated, the downtown Las Vegas Expo Center, the Skyline Hotel, the Wind Convention Center. There is just so much going on, folks. And, um, of course... Our sponsor, and we want to thank them, is the Laborers Local 872, the men and women building Las Vegas, and they are involved in almost every single one, I think, almost probably every single one of these projects, keeping our men and women here in Las Vegas working, keeping the economy moving and booming, and that's always a good thing. Well, we're going to take a break now. We're going to step aside when we come back. You'll meet Bailey Schultz from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll tell us how all of these projects are changing the face of our city. You're listening to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Don't go anywhere. The Radio.com app. Live programs from Bloomberg Media and the CNN Universe. Now join News Talk 840 KXNT at your fingertips. The latest Anderson Cooper podcast. Up to the minute financial news from New York. Now available through your Radio.com app. Welcome back to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. 
And boy, Las Vegas continues to grow. We talk about that every week here on the show. And today... Uh, we're just uh, uh, excited to be joined by one of the great young business reporters over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, and that is Bailey Schultz. Bailey joined the RJ's Business Deck back in April 2018, experience at Bloomberg News, and she is a fan of Big Red. She's from Iowa, but she went to Nebraska. Bailey, thanks for joining us here on uh, Beyond the Build. Yeah, no, happy to be on. Are you ready for football season? Oh, very ready. No, it's, I have tickets for the first game already. I'm going to fly out to Lincoln. I'm very excited. Nice. That's very cool. I know college football season is always a big deal in Nebraska. I lived in Kansas City, and so I had a lot of friends who were from that area and went to school up there. So I know all about Big Red. All right. Well, let's jump in and talk about, particularly, we're still in the second half here of 2019, but 2020 is shaping up to be a big year for our city with just a multitude of projects uh, slated for completion, of which most are focused on our key industry, right? Tourism, entertainment. Talk about the current state of development of some of these big projects and, and kind of what it means overall and what people should take from that uh, about our economy and where it's going. Yeah, so like you said, there are a lot of projects slated to open um, next year. And so I, I just wrote a piece that wound up various projects on that list. And I think there are over, and it be more than 15, I'm sure there are even more across the valley. So um, big year for Las Vegas, but really I think this is a reflection of the positive economy and the growth that Southern Nevada is seeing right now. Um, yeah, sources have told me that these additions, um, which include nearly 2,000 hotel rooms being added, um, could really help the city take in even more visitors, which is, of course, a boon to the economy out here. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to say is how, you know, you talk about the importance of these projects that are underway that you outlined in this list, and we're going to get to some of those specifically here in a moment. But when you look at the long-term health of our city's visitor, uh, visitors and tourism business, which is our main industry, I think some folks have said, well, geez, things are going really well. It's, you know, we have 90% occupancy, but it's a never-ending game, right, Bailey? You have to continue. And if you're, if you're the folks with LVCVA and the local governments uh, charged with making sure tourism and travel stays where it needs to be, that's an ongoing thing. You constantly need to add uh, uh, capacity and all those things, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I know um, one concern among a lot of people as well is when is the next recession going to hit, which of course plays into the economy here in Las Vegas with this being such a tourism-driven area. Um, but yeah, from what I've heard from a lot of my sources is just that it's important for the city to keep reinventing itself and, and changing in order to keep attracting those different audiences. Yeah. No doubt. And there's a few projects and, and, and Bailey's piece, which ran last Sunday, actually, um, and it, it's titled These Projects Will Change the Look of Las Vegas in 2020. And, and that is so true in so many ways, Bailey, in the fact that not only does it bring on more capacity for conventions, for hotel rooms, for uh, venues like the stadium and all these things. But it also is changing our skyline, right, from, a, from, from these big, large projects that go up. I mean, if you drive down I-15 past Russell Road, you can't but help somewhat be in awe of the massive structure that is the stadium. But then you go down the strip uh, towards the, the, the uh, north end and you see Resorts World. Um, that changing landscape and how these projects are becoming more visible for some with these these large projects, that is important. But there's also smaller projects, right? I mean, you talk about hotel rooms. There's hotels going up all over the city. They're not just in the resort corridor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
No, I think that list included, um, there, there's a Hampton Suites, there's um, renovations with different casinos like South Point and, and Downtown Grand. Um, and so, yeah, like, like I said earlier, I think the LBCBA estimates more than, or nearly 2,000 rooms will be added by the end of next year. And so um, I, I think that could really help Put, put more space in for those additional visitors here in Las Vegas. Sure, and as, as as the town continues to grow from a residential standpoint, which of course we talked to your colleague Eli Siegel about uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the need for hotel rooms in outer areas of Las Vegas, right where f- folks live in, in those suburban areas, continues to grow as well. Now we'll skip a little bit of the stadium talk because we, we all spend a lot of time on that, but there's so many more things going on. And one of the biggest projects, I think, that sort of goes, uh, at least for the, the common listener out there, uh, that goes under the radar is the Conven- convention center expansion. Um, how badly was that needed to help Las Vegas remain the number one destinations for these large-scale events? Yeah, so this is a, a major innovation for um, expansion for the convention center. So um, this is going to add 1.4 million square feet. Um, and, and once the renovations are done, the center will house close to 2.5 million square feet of this exhibition space. So um, that would make it the second largest in North America. Um, so I think those statistics alone really show that um, that the LBCBA wants to attract and keep those large-scale conventions. Um, yeah, those statistics, <laughs> I'll pause and say that again. Sure. Um, yeah, those statistics along with the fact that um, this convention center is getting ready to open in time for CES. 2021 um, really shows that the LTCBA wants to attract and keep those large-scale conventions here in Southern Nevada. Yes, yeah, so, such huge business for us, and and Las Vegas is diversified. When I first came as a as a much younger man uh, in the early '90s to go to school here, uh, this time during the summer was a dead period. Now you're starting to see more and more folks uh, come during different times of the year uh, to have big conferences because be, the summer used to be dead. There was nothing going on, but now we're starting to see that. And of course, the the convention center expansion will help with that. But not to be uh, forgotten is yes, you have the LV uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center, the big one going up and being remodeled but then you have other convention centers being uh, built as well the Caesars convention area of course uh, is is behind the link over there and and they're clearly recognizing despite the fact that they were just sold to El Dorado and we had you've had lots of news to cover in that area the last few days Um, but the convention business it not only for the convention authority but for the individual operators and owners of these properties is getting big you have Caesars you have the win convention center uh, being expanded and then space being uh, built over there. Talk about what the hotels are doing and the, what they've recognized in trying to keep people on property with these events. Yeah, so like you said, I think convention centers are huge for these properties. Um, it, it really is a driver to get people in these resorts during the weekdays. And so um, convention centers are huge, and that is just shown by all the growth that we're seeing in these various convention centers across the valley. Yes, and and we've seen, of course, we saw the battle uh, between the Sands conventions uh, areas and the Las Vegas Convention Authority, and it's going to be interesting to see the competitive nature of that. Uh, especially, I mean, with the really really large, you, you're going to have one option, right? You're going to you're going to go to the Las Vegas Convention Center, but with some of these other uh, conventions and and um, conferences boy, the convention uh, space is going to heat up a lot, and that's great for our economy. Now, redevelopment in downtown Bailey. 
Uh, that has been a cruel muse for folks over the years, uh, going back, man, to the 80s when they were trying to redevelop. And then you had the Tony Shea movement, of course, with Zappos and everything that was going down there. Now, the new Derek Stevens Circa Project, the downtown Las Vegas Expo Center. Has development downtown in Las Vegas finally turned the corner in your view? Yeah, so like you said, there has been talk about revitalizing the downtown area for years and years. Um, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint a specific project or a specific year when we can say the turnaround is really happening, especially as we're in the midst of all this construction. But um, I, I would say that the project's opening next year do seem pretty significant. Um, I know Circle will be the tallest Las Vegas hotel north of the Strip at 44, 44 stories, and um, the downtown Las Vegas Expo will be adding nearly 195,000 square feet of convention space. So, um, yeah, those are no small feats for the downtown area. Right, and of course now they want to try to de- uh, develop a soccer stadium down there as well. Yes. So it's gonna it's gonna be a busy few years to see what happens, and it'll be you know I think everybody roots for downtown Las Vegas to to turn that corner as I as I said, uh, but we'll see. But the Circa clearly and the Expo Center uh, are are big big uh, big opportunities I think for there. Now if we go out to Henderson, Henderson's been a hotbed. Of course the Raiders are moving their headquarters there, but just this past week the Google Data Center uh, they they broke ground out there and. and And uh, one of the things, too, that over the years, uh, for someone who's lived here now twice, um, is the fact that Las Vegas is always saying, has always said from a development standpoint, that it wanted to diversify the types of business. Of course, tourism, travel will always be our number one industry, but to grow a more, uh, I think, uh, diverse area of not only people but of businesses, you kind of have to attract those businesses. Um, With Google now, has that diversification of business, are you starting to see that a little more in these projects that you're covering? Yeah, so so like you said, I think diversification has always been a huge topic for Southern Nevada. Um, And from what I've been hearing from different sources and economists, I I think these are definitely a part of those efforts, but um, Las Vegas still has a way to go before it can say it absolutely diversifies its economy. Um, Major hospitality is still a a huge percentage of the local workforce, um, especially compared to other cities. And so uh, I think we're on the way. I think Southern Nevada and Las Vegas are making some really good strides, but um, we still have a ways to go until we can truly say we have a diverse side. Economy. Yeah, certainly. And, and the influx of folks coming in. There's a lot of small businesses that move to Southern Nevada, of course, from California and other high tax states where uh, they're looking for the, the opportunity to grow their business without uh, paying too much tax and, and having the ability to, to afford uh, the cost of living. Now, Bailey, again, we're talking to Bailey Schultz from the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, about her story in the past week. And actually, if you just look at any of her stories, they pretty much are following all the lines. With some of these projects, too, Bailey, that you outlined in your story, uh, they, they are there's a lot of renovation going on. So the, the Sahara, of course, uh, which is right now the SLS, but uh, being coined back to the, its original name so that it matches the street it sits on, um, is going to be under renovation. So there's a lot of there's a lot of properties in Las Vegas, a lot of developments that are trying to find their mojo again. Right, they're trying to uh, become more modern to attract that. Um, are, are we going to see more of that in the next few years? I, I think, yeah, um, resorts and casinos are always reinventing themselves and always changing. I think that's an essential part of 
keeping visitors coming to Las Vegas and keeping people interested in their properties. So uh, I think we can continue to expect to see different renovations down the line. Okay. And, and you have, like you said earlier, the, the next recession. It's not a question of if but when because our, our economy tends to be cyclical and you have your bell curves and things go up and down. Uh, and hopefully it's nowhere near what it was like in 2008 for all of our sakes. But when you look at that, uh, of course, that looming on the horizon whenever it comes. But are there any other obstacles? Are there any other concerns as you've covered all of this? Are there any concerns when you talk to economists, when you talk to people in the industry of other challenges that might be down the road that Las Vegas is going to face that could get in the way of some of this development? Um, yeah, so as far as these renovations and additions go, um, Las Vegas occupancy rates are already around 90%. And so, um, having some sources is, it's kind of a question in whether these, um, increases will, in supply will match the mm. increase in demand from visitors here in Las Vegas. Yeah, and that, that's uh, that's always a concern, right? Because you just don't know what that tipping point is. And you have so many external uh, pressures that can affect us. You know, if, if something happens in another part of the area, like Southern California, we realize so many uh, visitors come from Southern California, especially on the weekends here. Uh, you just never know if something happens significantly. I mean, we just had, of course, the earthquake, right? If if there was a more severe earthquake in Southern California and there was widespread damage, people aren't going to come to Las Vegas. So there's all those types of things that, that really impact uh, he, uh, our our in our economy really, um, and 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 one last question for you is: as you talk about kind of Las Vegas, its continued growth, is there is there concern from any of those experts that you talk to that that not only the capacity keeps up, but that at some point we reach uh, because of the demand on, for example, construction and supplies and all of those things that that we could hit a point where we're not able to keep up or do they feel like we could keep up long term if things continue to grow? Um, yeah, right now people are very optimistic about the growth in Las Vegas and the economy here. And um, yeah, we're, we're seeing this trend of um, expansion and renovation and construction, but um, it's hard to predict how long things will go on. I, like you said, I know um, the next recession will come at some point. We're not sure when. We're not sure how far that will hit, but that will certainly play a role in um, those construction efforts here in Southern Nevada. All right. Well, one thing I do know is that if you want to know what's happening with all of this, make sure you read Bailey Schultz at the Las Vegas Review Journal, of course, and uh, her coworkers there, her colleagues who are doing an amazing job. So, Bailey, thank you so much for being with us today, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon down the road. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're listening to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Never tap your brakes again. Traffic every 10 minutes. Mornings, KXNT. Welcome back to Beyond the Bill here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Home prices in Las Vegas, how are they doing? We heard some talk and some numbers in May that it might be softening a little bit, but guess what? We have uh, more news that uh, the market actually might be very stable. And joining us now is our good friend Brian Horwath from the Las Vegas Sun and Vegas Inc. He's going to tell us a little bit about this. He's been covering the story this week. Brian, welcome back to Beyond the Build. 
Always good to be here, Scott. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, listen, home prices in Las Vegas, we had heard uh, that maybe after that, that, that nice climb we saw over the last year, that things were softening a little bit going into May. The numbers uh, were not uh, big. But then all of a sudden, here comes June, Brian. What happened in June, and what do we learn about the median prices of homes in Southern Nevada? Well, uh, home prices are, are creeping up a little bit, and that had been a a concern for a while, but uh, they creeped up a little bit. We're now just a little bit over three hundred thousand dollars for the median price for a for a home in the valley, and uh, in it, that's actually not very far off from the all time high, which I think is about three hundred and fifteen thousand, which was from a few years ago. But it, you know, so we're we're kind of at a place now where I I think most of the people, most of the so called experts, the people out there. Uh, in the field selling homes in the know I, I think you know they're saying hey maybe we've kind of reached a point where we're pretty stable right now and and that's something that I think uh, you know would be probably music to a lot of people's ears here in Las Vegas obviously this is a market that's gone through some pretty wild you know a wild roller coaster ride the last two decades or so uh, with the, the housing market so you know I, I think stability if that's true if we see this kind of play out for a for a significant amount of time here you know if this starts to become a pattern um where prices are generally holding in in the same area i think that's you know that's something that's good news for uh for folks in the valley you know maybe it's not the best news if if you want to sell your home obviously there's you know prices have appreciated quite a bit for a while now so you know that can't go on forever so, uh, you know, maybe we've hit a spot where we, we've kind of plateaued here. Well, and it's, it is good news because I think that you, you talked to uh, the Greater Las Vegas Association of Realtors, uh, President Jana Carper, in your story. And, and she hit on something that I think is really important for you to talk about, and that is that, yes, while you're not seeing these big rises that we've seen uh, really steadily kind of over the last year or two years, and then since 2012, clearly things have been going in the right direction. But the stability is a big thing because in the past, when Las Vegas has experienced dips, and, and not including the Great Recession because that was a massive hit, but but just in general, right. when you when you see dips... Um, you see those things go down. To have it very stable is is a really good sign for the the real estate economy here in Las Vegas, is it not? I think so. Yeah, and and I and I think that's what we're hearing now. And you know, if you look at the numbers, uh, the June numbers, uh, like you say, the the Greater Las Vegas Association of Realtors, of course, they put out numbers monthly. The June numbers uh, saw a five percent jump from. June of 2018. So, you know, that that's pretty good. And, you know, I was talking to, to Janet Carpenter um, after this story ran and, and uh, you know, she said, if you go around the country and, and you look at a year over year appreciation of three to five percent, that's pretty good. You yes. know, most people are pretty happy with that. So the last few years, uh, maybe uh, folks in Las Vegas have gotten a, a little spoiled. So <laughs> it, it's funny, I was sitting out poolside, I was talking to a guy the other day who's uh, he's involved. He's in real estate, so you know he is saying, "Geez, I I don't know. I'm pretty worried. Uh, you know, properties just aren't appreciating like they have been the last couple of years. What does this mean? Are we going into a recession?" But you know, it, it, if you talk to uh, uh, people in the industry, you know, I, I don't think they feel that way. So I think I think that that is probably a good sign that we're perhaps maybe stabling, uh, stabilizing a little bit. You know, another thing that Janet said was. Uh, 
you know, in June this this past month, we've uh, we sold less homes in the Las Vegas area than the previous two Junes in 2018 and 2017. And I said, hey, well, what, what does that mean? And she said, well, you know, it probably means that there, there's less investors out in the market mm. right now. And that that's probably all that really means. So, it's a, you know, I don't think there's anything to be alarmed about. I mean, it, it appears like the this market has kind of stabilized and I think you're right I think that's probably a good thing for the valley yeah well while it's great you know as a homeowner myself to to, to look at something and see you know 10 percent double digit increases in in the in the at least the paper value of your home to have a more stable like you said three to five percent which is national average to have that that means that yeah your 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 market is is not as um uh, um, at risk to these volatile movements up and down, which is ac- exactly what you want, and you see in more stabilized communities. And to me as well, I think when you look at that, d- the investor piece that you just hit on, maybe there's less in people. That is great because I mean, I live in a master plan community, and in talking to our property manager from our HOA this this week, because we we've had some issues in our HOA with some landscaping. That's a different story for a different time. But we 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 were talking to her, and she said, "Yeah, you know," because we were talking about an issue, and she said, "The problem is, we we continue to have a high." occupancy rate of homes in our community that are investor owned so they're they're the rentals and right. there's nothing wrong with rent we've all rented at times in our life renting a home nothing wrong with it at the same time though when you're talking about home values in Las Vegas, especially after 2008, there were so many investors who came up and just gobbled up because they had the cash, right? right? So they came in and they right. took over those properties. But even the property manager told me, she said, it's still you know, higher than, than most parts of the country, but it's going down, which again points to what you were talking about with Janet Carpenter, which is the fact that maybe we're starting to see people not only come to Las Vegas, and, and yes, we still have some tr- some uh, transiency here as people come in and out, but I think that's starting to change, which is really interesting for the market. Yeah, I, I think that's true, and I think, you know, in a lot of different ways, I think Las Vegas is kind of coming into its own for what it's going to be, you know, for the next few decades, uh, uh, you know, basically a, a major U.S. market, and, and you know, so I, I think it is, uh, you know, and, and we'll see uh, what happens the next few months and, and uh, we'll see if, if this indeed is a pattern. I mean, I don't I don't see anything out there right now that that says that things are going to change drastically, but it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens down the road here. Well, and, and the other thing that I, I saw, a couple points in your story that, that you pointed out from the data was condos and ta- townhomes in the area, median sale prices now just under 178000 That's a 6.5% increase, so a little higher than average. Right. But that explains I mean, when you have values going up, people, um, you know, the ability to, to buy a single-family home might be a little bit out of reach, so they, they step into one of those properties. And then the other interesting thing was they reported that just over 20% of all properties in Las Vegas were purchased with cash do we know brian as we just talked about the the investor properties uh, number might be going down are those people maybe cashing out in high tax states like california and coming here and buying a house cash do we have any kind of uh at least anecdotally what might be behind that well i i think if you talk to realtors out there uh they'll tell you that yeah of course i mean there there's definitely people that are doing that now it, it's an interesting idea and and i think that's something that we might uh dive a little bit deeper into possibly for a story later on this summer but uh you know if you look at 
what you can get for your money in California and what you can get for your money in Las Vegas, it's a little different depending on what area you're talking about. So yeah, there, you know, I, I think there's no question that there's people that are, that are cashing out and, and, uh, you know, they can sell their home for whatever it might be, you know, eight, $900,000 in Southern California. Uh, that money goes a little bit further when you're out here in Las Vegas. So, you know, I think there's, most definitely people taking advantage of that and uh you know as far as the the condos and and the townhomes like you were saying yeah i mean it's the the price for a for a single family home maybe is a little bit out of reach for for some families maybe some young families some young folks who are uh uh, thinking that they don't want to rent anymore so i think there is uh, you know, maybe a little bit more competition for those types of properties. So, you know, and, and again, it's it's going to be interesting these next few months and, and as we head into 2020, kind of how this all plays out and, and uh, we'll see kind of what these trends become. Yeah, and it's it's interesting as well that you mentioned as part of the data uh, dump from uh, GLVAR, which was the fact that we have less than a three-month supply of homes on the market and anything under five-month supply is generally considered a seller's market. Now, we just, that might contradict right. a little bit what we we're talking about, which was like, well, it might not be the best seller's market, but that comes around to, I think, expectations. I think expectations of homeowners in Las Vegas, particularly has maybe been a little bit blown out of proportion, meaning that they, they, they feel like they need to get these double-digit returns, when in reality, right. if you look at that 3 to 5%, it's still a seller's market in many ways. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, I, I think folks uh, uh, have maybe gotten a little spoiled here, but, you know, and like we've talked about before, I mean, these things go in cycles, so uh, you know you're you're gonna have changes and you're gonna have fluctuations and, and those things happen and uh, you know the, the housing market really with with anything and with an economic twist to it I mean when there's a change people will uh, you know they'll freak out a little bit what does this mean what does this mean so um, you know that's just kind of the the nature of the game so it's uh, you know but I think it's 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 very interesting you know what what Janet Carpenter was talking about and what others have talked about, uh, just the, the general kind of stabilization of the Las Vegas market. And I, I think if you look at this as a whole, I think that's that's pretty good news for homeowners and pretty good news for folks in the Valley here. It is. Again, we're talking to Brian Horwath from the Las Vegas Sun Vegas Inc. about the Las Vegas home market, real estate market. And Brian, before we let you go, I know this wasn't part of your story and it's probably something that you keep an eye on and work on as well, which is we have, of course, this report around existing homes and, and, and inventory on the market. When it comes to new homes, we've seen you know just a massive uptick in, in the building of new homes in areas, especially southwest part of Las Vegas, northwest part of Las Vegas, and still parts of Henderson. What do we know so far as we head into late summer about the new home market? Is that Are, are those still selling pretty well? Because I know that a lot of people coming from out of state prefer to go buy a new home versus an existing home. What do we know so far about that, at least anecdotally? Well, uh, yeah, there are, and, and you know, you mentioned master plan communities before. Um, there's a number of, of new master plan communities that are uh, in the works or being built right now. Uh, one in particular in North Las Vegas, which we wrote about in the Sun not too long ago. But um, you know, that's uh, it, it's interesting, kind of how those master plan communities uh, mix in with uh, you know, kind of your, your traditional new housing. So you know, there's definitely new housing going up and and i think that uh 
uh, you know, maybe if you're one of those folks from Southern California, you might be more apt to, to look at, at one of those new builds. But, you know, the, the Las Vegas market is interesting, too, because, you know, the, there's not an unlimited amount of space where you can build. Right. You know, the, the, there's always the question of uh, water and, you know, the, the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, uh, uh, you know, they, they have rules about, you know, just how far out we can grow. So. Um, you know, that that's another thing that's uh, going to be interesting to see just uh, how many, you know, how many people are interested in those new homes and those master plan communities as they continue to go up here. It's interesting, yes, because as people move into the area, new to the area, uh, transplants, if you will, depending what they're looking for, they're, they're in different lifestyles. Some people want to be closer to the center of the city. Other people want to be out in the suburbs like right. Sky Canyon, way out in the northwest. So they're close to, uh, you know, Mount Charleston and they can do a bunch of outdoor activities. So it'll be interesting. But of course, if you want to know about all this, you got to make sure you follow Brian. Follow him on Twitter too, at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N-H-O-R-W-A-T-H. He is the Las Vegas Sun business and gaming industry reporter and a good friend of the show. We have him on all the time. Brian, man, thank you so much for making the time today and we'll talk to you again real soon anytime scott thank you all right well thank you again to brian we're going to step aside for our final break when we come back we'll close out this edition of beyond the build here on news talk 840 kxnt don't go anywhere Welcome back to Beyond the Build here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Hope you're having a great Sunday. We are in the home stretch here. And of course, this week, Las Vegas got its first dose of our hardcore summer. It's been actually a pretty light summer up until this point. And uh, on Thursday, we hit 109, 110 in the valley, depending where you live. The first time we had been that warm since last August. So July and August, for those of you new to the area, that's the the hardcore months, if you want to call it, uh, where we have temperatures that uh, are often above 105. We've had a couple years in a row where we've had long stretches of temperatures over 105. So it can get pretty brutal out there. I still, having lived in the Midwest and originally being from the Midwest and dealing with the heat and the humidity, the dry heat thing, I totally agree with. I actually think that we're very lucky that, yes, it gets hot. And in the, at that four o'clock hour, when it's 109, standing in the sun, it's hot out. It's like that hairdryer effect. If we get the winds going, which we've had winds this past week, absolutely it's hot. I get it. But I rather shovel sunshine any day of the week versus snow. But as it warms up, as I like to always do on our show, make sure anybody who might be either disabled, uh, might be aging, and and be stuck at home, that you check on them. Make sure that their air conditioning is working. Check sure also that they're staying hydrated and have what they need as well. You just never know what's going on, and the heat can be very brutal, especially if someone's air conditioning goes out and you don't know it. So check on those folks that need our help. Also, for yourself, stay hydrated. Drink water. If you're new to Las Vegas, it dries you out very quickly. Going back to my UNLV days, I came to campus for a campus tour before I started school there. And we started a tour, it was late summer, the, the year before I went. And the guide told us, drink water, drink water. We're gonna have water stations throughout the campus. Don't pass up the opportunity. Well, a young gal next to me decided not to do that. And about the third stop, she fell over from heat stroke. So luckily she was okay. There was no injuries and she just needed some water. Uh, but do that. So uh, make sure you stay hydrated during the rest of this brutal, brutal summer. Now. When it gets this hot out, 
we talk about all these issues around development, construction, and the 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 continued growth of Las Vegas. One of the things too is is struggling to find things to do when it is hot. Uh, we live in such a wonderfully uh, uh, beautiful area when it comes to natural resources and things to do, whether it be hiking, whether it be playing tennis, golf, whatever. But when it gets this hot, you might be looking for something to do inside. Well, here's a couple things that 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 we recommend here at Beyond the Build for you to do during the summer so that you can stay cool uh, but yet stay busy. One of those things is actually an outdoor activity and, and it, it'll, it'll sound somewhat uh, uh, redundant when you think about it, but find a swimming pool. If you don't have a pool either at your home or you don't have a pool in your development, if you live in a condominium or an apartment uh, or you might have a community pool, there are several city-wide and county-wide pools, public pools that you can go to as well. In addition, I don't know if everybody knows this, but there are casinos in town, hotels, that allow residents to go to the pool. You, they, Some of them have certain days and times you can do it. Others are more open. Uh, I mean, the Golden Nugget downtown, you can go to their pool, which is fantastic, out all the way on the south end of town at the M Resort and Casino. On certain days, at certain times, I think it's Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you can go in for free. And then other times, there's a little bit of a fee to go in there. But there are opportunities for you to hit the pool if you don't have access one to one otherwise. So check, uh, if you search online for free pools for residents, Las Vegas, you'll see some stories there from our friends at different print publications around town, which tells you the access to those pools as well. Also, take a day trip. Right, So if you are in Las Vegas and it's hot, there's opportunity if you go up to Mount Charleston, of course, which is, which is cooler, even going up the 95 north towards Reno, like the ghost town of Rhyolite and going up to Beatty and all these different places, it actually, uh, the elevation gets higher, so the, it gets cooler as you go up there. So there's an opportunity to explore. There's a lot around Las Vegas, and yes, there's a lot of nothing in between these little towns, but the history uh, that you see in these small towns in Nevada up on 95 as you're heading towards Reno uh, and the surrounding area. Also, you can head into northern Arizona and, of course, into California. But there are areas that are cooler because of the elevation. Uh, just check on the hours and the uh, opportunities to do different activities in those in those towns. But very, very fun. One of my favorite things to do during the summer here uh, depends on if you have kids, you can take kids there. But really, it's it maybe an older kid destination but for for you your friends your wife your husband your significant other whatever it may be the mob museum if you haven't been to the mob museum in downtown las vegas you're missing out on one of the gems of our computer uh, community you go there it's just an amazing way to spend the day inside the cool there's there's not only films then when you're done and i love this part because i love a good bourbon you go downstairs there is a speakeasy in the basement of the mob museum with craft cocktails. Um, and of course you won't need to drink water with that. So you don't get dehydrated, but a fantastic day out for everybody in the heat of the summer at the mob museum in Las Vegas. So check that out as well. Also the free shows. If you go around Las Vegas on the strip, I know most of us who live here are not frequenters of the strip often, uh, unless we work there, but there are things like Circus Circus. You want to take your kids, watch the circus acts. They might seem old and tired, but they're not. Kids love that kind of stuff. There's also other free shows around um, the, the Strip uh, in these different various casinos and hotels that uh, don't cost you a thing, and you can go check it out and stay out of the, the heat for a while and enjoy kind of a little bit of a, a staycation. Be a tourist in your own town, so to speak, which is fun as well. Also, 
the Smith Center. If you haven't been to the Smith Center, so many great theatrical performances, Broadway performances, ballet, music, so many things going on there. So make sure you do it. The jazz venue there is my favorite in town. So the Smith Center offers us, again, another cultural gem in our city to really do some fun things during the heat of the summer. Uh, Also, Shark Reef at Mandalay Bay. How about that? It's summer. It's cool. Uh, We went through Shark Week on Discovery Channel, and it's a good place to go as well to do that. As You can also uh, check it out and do that. You can even learn how to uh, scuba dive there. They have a little scuba thing there, so make make sure you check that out as well. Um, And, of course, all the shows are on the Strip, right? Some of them get expensive, but if you this time of the year, especially on off days, you can get discounts to those shows as well, so make sure you do that too. Wander through the Neon Museum. That's another great uh, way to get out of the heat during the summer. Yes, they have their outdoor exhibits, but the indoor exhibits around the Neon Boneyard are great as well, so make sure you do that too. It's really, really fun and... um, I think that it's it's just one of those those hidden gems and and really one of the things that uh, is such a part of our history here in Las Vegas. So make sure you do that as well, um, and that's always always fun to 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 find that out. So all those things, you know, I, I'm just mentioning a few because there are so many things to do here. Uh, I'm not mentioning them all, of course, but there's some really fun. Uh, indoor things. Of course, you have things like the form shops at Caesars. Even if you're not going to buy something, just head out. Take time around, look around, be a looky-loo, enjoy yourself, have a nice meal, a nice drink, whatever it may be. Same with the Grand Canal shops, same with the Miracle Mile over at Planet Hollywood. So there's ways to get out and and really uh, make sure you don't stay homebound (laughs) during the summer here in Las Vegas. There's so much to do in our city. And of course, yeah, when it cools down or if you can get up to Mount Charleston or even out to Red Rock, uh, where it will be a little bit cooler uh, in going on some of those nature hikes and seeing the beauty that is the desert during the summer, that's also a great, great way to do that. The other thing I would suggest, now I have I have some young kids. So for me, the Clark County Library District is another godsend during the summer. So much going on. Not only do my kids go and get books every week, but there is story sessions. They're showing movies in their auditoriums there. There are great things for adults, too, for you and I, so we can go learn about not only uh, great, interesting subjects, but things going around. They have things there from the county commission. The Las Vegas Metro Police Department has their first Tuesdays there where they can learn more about policing and safety in our area. So really, really good stuff. So I hope that gives you some ideas to get you out of the heat and enjoy your hometown of Las Vegas. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today on Beyond the Build. We'll talk to you next Sunday, same time, 10 a.m. here on News Talk 840 KXND. For the entire staff at Beyond the Build, I am Scott Goldbranson, your host. Thank you to again to our sponsors, the Laborers Local 872. They bring this show for you, and we appreciate their support. Until next time, take care, everybody. 